recording hello and welcome to episode five of my show cultural osmosis the show where every episode we talk about a different fandom this week i have my wonderful guest mave schmidt why don't you wave to the camera mave <laughs> thank you Ooh, so this week we are going to be talking about game of thrones now we're doing something a little different this week since i have not seen a single episode of Game of Thrones, we're actually going to have a guest host who can actually have some intelligent responses and field some good questions. So, Lindsay? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I already have a question. So, is he coming back and asking me more questions? Okay. Well, as your guest host... I will obviously be asking you several questions. So we're just mm-hmm. going to hop on into it. Landon Sounds gave me good. the list, so I've got it right here. I am going to change the questions a little bit. Uh, so the first one I'm going to ask is, why do you like Game of Thrones? What about it intrigues you? So partially as like someone who likes to focus on world building, that's the main reason, especially that it is such like a massive uh, world into it on itself. Uh, I really like being able to look at like the smaller uh, details that like, kind of a bigger impact, especially like with relationships they end up seeing with a lot of characters that kind of, uh, I guess are like more politically centered uh, in terms of like on the larger scale where you're like, oh, these guys used to, uh, I'm sorry, I like, I'm terrible with like straight up examples, so it's going to be like very, uh, <laughs> give me vague answers, that's fine. <laughs> answers, I apologize. Uh, but it'll be like, these two are interested in each other, but then this guy's also interested in each other, and then this guy's that guy's sister, and then it's like, oh my god, <laughs> and now everyone's dead, it's great. It's great, it's a good time. Yeah, no, I think that was a good answer, Maeve. I guess I didn't really think about just like the whole world of Game of Thrones because they did a really good job with that. Like I've only read the first book, but I feel like world-wise they did a really good job adapting Westeros and Essos to yes, yes, to like television to kind of just tell a story with the lands. But I just I really like the character development. I think for the most part, I'll talk about a few I don't agree with later on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. We will yeah. discuss the final We'll discuss season. some <laughs> other stuff. We'll, there'll be a very large section called Why Season 8 Sucks, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm glad this is neutral. Like, I will say, there's, like, certain things that I did enjoy, and, like, things mm-hmm. that I, like, knew. A lot of it had... Okay, we'll, we'll wait. Hold we'll on. But that's fine. We'll yeah, keep but, it organized. For the most part, I think they're pretty good with character development. I, like... A lot of the places for like where a character starts and where a character ends. We'll talk about that in a bit. But yeah, I think world building is something I hadn't thought about. And I think they do a very good job of that. So I agree with you, Maeve. Thank you. I'm flattered that we are mutual. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. For the second question. Now this might be a hard one because Game of Thrones has a lot of people in it. Who would you say is your favorite character? Uh, this is a good question. I really do like Jamie Lannister. Uh, 
I think they totally butchered him towards the end, but I think like overall, like his general story arc is pretty good setup. Mm -hmm. uh, especially kind of like he's one that you see a little bit morally conflicted. Mm -hmm. uh, and they've got the ability to actually start him off as this, this terrible guy where we literally see him push a child out, out yep. of a, oh, like, I don't know how many stories are a thing in medieval times, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like a four-story building and then this kid and essentially crippling this kid, but ultimately mm -hmm. kind of coming back and being a hero on his own. Uh, also might be a little messed up, but I just think he's, like, interesting mm -hmm. and a morally dull. Yeah. I pre-season eight would have agreed with you. Jamie Lannister was my favorite character. I thought he had some of the best personal character growth in the entire series. And then if they would have just stuck to their guns and like fully gone for it and not cared about like fan expectations and everything like that, and they didn't want to just shock people, he would have stayed an amazing character. But mm -hmm. season eight ruined him, so he was no longer my favorite character. In Fast, I think he, he fell so much that it just kind of balanced out for me, and it was really sad. So I thought a lot about who my actual new favorite character is, and I decided that the character that I think had the best character growth from where they started to where they actually ended up in season eight was actually Sansa Stark. And I think... It's quite interesting because a lot of people hated Sansa in early seasons because they were like, she's so whiny and like she never does anything. But you have to like imagine she's a child in about one of the worst situations you could possibly ever be in. Of course, she's going to be whiny and cry all the time. Like I would. She was like 14. Like, of course, she's upset. Of course, she's not having a good time. But like, then at the end, she becomes kind of just like this boss lady, and she's like, takes control, and she does like, she kills Littlefinger, which is, well, she doesn't kill Littlefinger, Arya does, but she like orchestrates it. And she's just like this lady of power, and it's awesome. And then season eight, when she's Queen of the North, is a pretty dope time. And I think that's what Sansa Stark deserved. And I think she's one of the only characters that ended up where I wanted her to end up in season eight. <laughs> I do think that was a good move in mm -hmm. terms of, like, a lot of the things that actually happened at the end of season eight, I actually totally would have been fine with. Mm -hmm. It's just the way they actually got there. Yeah. We'll discuss this part <laughs> later on, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, I think that's, a, I think for the most part, I do think she's a good character. And, but I think there are a couple moments where she ends up, like, teetering back too far. Mm -hmm. And it's like they just forgot where she was. Like, they yeah. should have been taking her as opposed to being, like, going back to what they initially had. Because mm -hmm. uh, I think, like, whenever she, not so much, like, I feel there's a lot of moments where she's got, like, this potential to be, like, this really strong individual, but then mm -hmm. sometimes she, they kind of, like, backpedal, which is... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just know. Game of Thrones. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I think they didn't know what to do with her character in, like, season five. That was when she kind of started being with Ramsay, I think, like, where she was basically sold to him. And I don't think they really knew what to do with her character, so they kind of botched her that entire season. But then after that, once she takes control of the situation, I mm -hmm. think it just leads for her to have, like, just exponential character growth, and she just becomes this awesome lady who just doesn't really care anymore about what people think. And I think that was that was a good changing point for Sansa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Cool, cool. Okay, so the next one, it's 
a couple of different subsections to this part. The first part is what do you think is the best season and what do you think is the worst season? I definitely think so partially because it's like if you're my best season I would say is season one because everything I can think of season one I can like automatically pull from my mind as opposed mm -hmm. to like all the other seasons where it feels mm -hmm. like it's a little harder to pull from this one. but I can almost like remember everything that happens in that one too mm -hmm. and it's like one of the clearest it's kind of weird but it's like I, it has a lot more like pivotal moments that stick out to me especially like Ned Stark's death at the end of it mm -hmm. where you actually do see like how everyone's like shit sitting the fan like it's yeah. everything I remember in the first book too and it's everything I remember in the season and then I think my least favorite has to be I kind of want to say season eight but I that might also mm -hmm. just be because it's like one of the freshest on my mind mm -hmm. uh I'll be honest there's a bit of a <laughs> I haven't seen them since the, that season came out but it was I yeah <laughs> yeah it's I think Partially, it's like, honestly, the thing that kills me is that they should have just, like, delayed things. They should have been much more gradual, much more, mm -hmm. like, developed into it. And this also goes into a little bit more of why I actually like the series as a whole, or like the series as a whole, <laughs> is they took their sweet-ass time to get to, like, pivotal plot developments. Mm -hmm. and they actually let characters, like, take their time to figure out how things are, and we kind of mm -hmm. were waiting for, like, the bigger moments because we actually had patience as opposed to being slammed by all these, like, major events, like, immediately after each other. Mm -hmm. So I'm a little, uh, <laughs> a little irked. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Like, after season six, because I'm pretty sure seven and eight are the seasons that they didn't have the books for. I don't remember if six they had a book for or not. Six, they had the book for, if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm fairly certain it was after, because Ramsey's in the book. Yeah. And then uh, Ramsey's whole thing, I think, is also in the book. No, that that section with him and uh, not so nice thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that I I won't get into. Um, uh, it's not in the book because I think that was a lot of people are upset that they added that, but I don't know. I'm googling it. <laughs> I was gonna look it up and then I forgot. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I think so. Basically, I don't know. Regardless, I think once they kind of got the show in their own hands, they were like, okay, HBO's only going to give us eight seasons because that's how many books he's planning to have. So we got to like pick it up to get where we want it to be. And I totally agree with you. They really rushed the last couple of seasons. They were given the opportunity for more episodes too, and I'm so upset. I did not know that. They should have taken those. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they needed those. They were like given so much money, and it's like they're given the opportunity to extend their things, they're given the opportunity to like draw it out if they wanted to. And I'm just angry because they're like, nah, man, we want to work on other stuff. And I like get that too, but it's also like, god damn it, put your loyalties in one thing first. Literally, it's like, so you choose to sacrifice the end of your show so you can go work on other stuff. And now I'm they were supposed to do a Star Wars movie, and now they're not. That's what it was for. Like, they were planning on working on some Star Wars series, I thought, uh, yeah. from Disney. So it was like they wanted to get to there first, so then everyone was really upset with the last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Okay. But in terms of 
best season for me, I think season three or four, honestly, because that was like, they really had hit their stride. They knew what they were doing now. And it just like season three has like the red wedding and everything like that. It has such like iconic moments like that. But season four also has Joffrey's weddings, like the purple wedding, I think they call it. I'm pretty sure that's what it's referred as. But they both just have such iconic moments. So I think one of those would probably be my favorite. Uh, I agree with you that season eight sticks out as a bad season because it's so fresh. It's like, I feel betrayed because I actually liked season seven a lot because I was really pleased that all of these characters were finally getting together after all of these seasons. I, I was do. like, building up. Dope. Yeah, because that one did, if I recall, like, mm-hmm. off the top of my mind, it was very satisfying seeing everyone coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, this said, feel like it was, like, a good towards the end moment, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, season, season seven was fine for me. Uh, season eight is very fresh. I just remember being really mad because there was like two years in between season seven and eight, whereas there was normally just one year in between seasons. So it's like, I waited two years for that. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel but, like that was that long. Yeah. But looking back on older seasons, season five is also pretty bad. Like, because that's when they start to do stuff more for shock, I think rather than for actual character development reasons and, like, stuff that makes sense with what the characters are. Because the end of season five is when they kill Jon Snow and then they bring him back right at the beginning of season six. So it's like, eh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. I was weirdly fine with that. Yeah, it was okay. it also felt like, uh, you could feel free to disagree with me. (laughs) We're here for a discussion. Don't worry about it. Uh, I think... I was cool with that, though, because it did feel like, I don't know, like, weirdly enough, I think it just attached them a little bit more towards, like, the supernatural side mm-hmm. of things a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to being someone that is supposed to be, like, I'm not gonna lie, I was totally Team John the whole way, because he, like, made the most sense for, like, fulfilling yes. the prophecy. Uh, though I'm, like, kind of cool with this twist. I'm still, mm-hmm. I'm still salty. Yeah. We we are allowed to like spoil things too, right? It's been, like, we can spoil things, yeah. Okay, it's cool. totally fine. It's been <laughs> been over a year since it like, happened. How big do I be? <laughs> spoil away, Maeve. Okay, perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next in the best worst category, uh, what is your favorite house and what is your least favorite house? Hmm. Oh, shoot. Okay, so I am totally going to mess up his name because I don't actually know. I don't think he actually has a house, though. No, I don't think he actually has a house. Which character, Maeve? It's the Onion Knight. Oh, Why am I thinking of his name wrong? It's Sir Davos. Yes. I don't Uh, know if he's officially affiliated with any specific house. I don't think so. The only one I can think of is... uh, it's Grey Rock, but I can't think of who owns that, and it's a Baratheon. That one? Grey Rock, Grey Castle. Grey Castle? I know it's not Greyjoy. No. The Greyjoys are pretty fun. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, I absolutely hated them. But I think they, mm-hmm. like, oh, as a house development, they're probably one of my favorites, uh, mm-hmm. especially because how they end up shifting and kind of realigning themselves, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. Uh, I do like Stark, but that one feels like so basic to say, so that's not my answer. Uh, so I think it probably is Greyjoy. Uh, even though like their whole family is like an absolute mess in the beginning, uh, I think they're able to like pull themselves together and kind of get their own foot in the door. And honestly, messes are fun to watch, so. <laughs> messes are a good sign. Uh, what's your favorite? <laughs> I'm gonna stick basic and say Stark just because Damn like you. <laughs> the Starks just and they're basically the main family of the show, I would argue. As opposed to like oh, the Lannisters or Targaryens. 100%. Like they're the central focus for the most part. I agree with the stuff that they do throughout the series. I think they're just kind of like not morally like perfection or anything, but like before Rob died in season three, he was my favorite character. Like, I loved Rob Stark. I wanted him to be king. I was like, this is great. Let's do it. And then they killed him. And I was really sad because I didn't know it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, casual trash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was like good trash because it was like, it was great for like moving things forward and like mm-hmm. sh- catching everyone off guard and setting up for the whole series. But damn, mm-hmm. did I want Ned to. And Rob. Mm-hmm. Ned and Rob. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Too many Starks die, but I mean, it leads to the moving forward of the other Starks, I suppose. <laughs> but that's okay. Do you have a least favorite house, Maeve? I have a couple. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to like Google them just to make sure I got their names right. So I kind of casually hate Martell. Mm-hmm. Is uh, that like Loris and. Uh, Marjorie? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, their characters mm-hmm. are very, like, so it's like the Lannisters are terrible, right? But we still find, like, some my redeeming qualities. But then the mm-hmm. Martells, like, I don't know if it's just, like, their own. They're, like, so ambitious that, it, like, it ends up being, like, their own naivety for it. Mm-hmm. Naivety, yeah. Uh, where, like, I guess it's, like, a huge character flaw, too. It's just kind of, like, obnoxious sometimes, though, especially towards, like, later seasons, where they're, mm-hmm. like, they should have been, like, the stronger house, but it doesn't seem yeah. like they're nearly as, like, this impossible strength that the Targaryens have to actually overcome to actually be their mm-hmm. only power in, like, all the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I and think my I, other oh sorry oh do you have a second one <laughs> I have a couple we'll just do these two okay. uh house Aryan oh my god uh, Robin yeah <laughs> uh Robin I guess gets better because he like leaves his mom but god his mom is the worst <laughs> oh my god. his mom is absolute worst yes uh, and they only get like way worse too as it like develops which is interesting mm-hmm. Yeah, they're an interesting family, to say mm-hmm. the least. Uh, I think I actually agree with you on the Martells, because Marjorie started off as kind of like this really interesting character, and then when they get into it, they're really just like these like yes characters. Like, they're just going to do whatever they're told, and they're going to pretend 
that they're doing it to get like advantages and everything like that. But they're really just, like you said, really naive people. And the it's only like, cool moment was when Elena, the grandma, was like, tell Cersei it was me. <laughs> like, that's one of my favorite moments of the entire series. But it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think the kids kind of teetered off after the first season they were both in. It was just weird because it felt like they were supposed to be such dominant characters. Mm-hmm. But, like, by the point of their deaths, I think they were so, like, ostracized. Or, like, not even, I guess ostracized would be the right word. Mm-hmm. But it was just like they weren't, like, their power wasn't even there. It just felt like they were more killing them off to get along with the story and finish mm-hmm. their plot and then deal with the other son. But, yeah. Yeah, I was like, these are going to be the people that, like, take over the Lannisters ruling of King's Landing. I was like, they're the ones that are gonna do it, and then Cersei's gonna be, like, outcast, and then she blows up the Sept, and, like, sorry, family's gone. <laughs> it's totally cool with, like, that whole scene, though. It was a pretty cool scene. I but... Thought it like, uh, but no, I think there just needed to be, like, a little bit more. Because uh, I, I, like, I do get because they did, like, uh, pretty much in Prisoner, there's that whole thing with their religion, which is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like this new religion comes in. Mm-hmm. I really want to say it's like the Spanish Inquisition, but I don't think that is correct. <laughs> uh, but these uh, inquisitors, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> there they be. Yeah, I think that was, like, my least favorite plot point, because that also happened in season five, which is why season five is probably my least favorite season, honestly, because it didn't really make any sense that all of a sudden, like, half of the people in King's Landing were just in a cult, and... (laughs) Yeah, that was... Because I get, because there's, like, a lot of little things of it, but, like, you don't see this cult, I don't think, until season five, right? Right, yeah. And there's no real, like, and maybe the end of season four, but I don't even mm-hmm. think that's the case. Mm-mm. I think if there is a little bit more, like, I almost wanted to see these characters, and I uh, have a feeling it's probably, I haven't read that book. I read the first couple, but I haven't mm-hmm. read that one. Uh, I feel like it's probably a little bit more drawn out mm-hmm. in the books, so it makes a little bit more sense, especially because yeah. it takes me, like, a year and a half to read those things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, no, that was just... I don't know. It was just weird because it was like I didn't even remember it until we started talking about House Martell mm-hmm. and like all the shit they did there. But yeah, they're honestly pretty forgettable after they're gone. It's like, oh yeah, they were a part of this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mention this, but when you're talking about favorite characters, do you have a least favorite character? Or no? Oh, <laughs> uh, um. I'm trying to think because it's like I feel like I definitely have a least favorite character, but it's mm-hmm. I'm also thinking in terms of like character construction, but I probably should be thinking of people that are just shitty. <laughs> uh, which Either I would way. say what were you gonna say? Either way is fine. If you wanna just talk about who you think is the shittiest or who do you think was done the worst. <laughs> uh, I have, like, someone that I think is just this huge asshole, and I have to remember his name, though. I think it's Lord Frey. 
Was he the guy that Arya fed the pie to? Of his children? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's Walder Frey. Major asshole. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Well, like, also the guy that did, like, the actor and everything did a phenomenal job, so. <laughs> he did. Uh, applause <laughs> for him. So I just this very, like, I don't know. It just felt very despicable, especially, like, mm-hmm. crossing. Oh, damn, this is another Red Wedding scenario where he crossed. <laughs> that was a good, uh, mm-hmm. good double crossing, especially, mm-hmm. like, in the book. I knew it was coming, but I didn't quite realize when. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I think this happens and this happens before it, but it doesn't. Uh, <laughs> it happened at a very different point than I was expecting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, like, you read that book too, right? I, I think it's only read, in book two. I only read the first one, and then I read part of the second one, but... Second one's dense, until you get to the Red Wedding, and then after you mm-hmm. get to the Red Wedding, it go, uh, like, coasts, but... Okay. Damn, that's a... <laughs> that was a tough book. <laughs> uh, but... For, and the, uh, oh, maybe it does happen in the show, too. Uh, what's her name? Arya actually watches the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it must happen in the show, because then that's when the, uh, I don't think she sees, like, the actual, like, what happens during the wedding, but she gets there at the end when they've, like, sewed Rob's direwolf head onto his body. Which is pretty messed up, not gonna lie. <laughs> and that's like the first thing she sees because she's going there to try to reunite with her family. And then she's like, oh no, my family's dead. <laughs> Sad day for Arya. <laughs> okay, because it's like, I think in the book, she's like in the middle of the conflict. And then, uh, is it the mountain? I'm mixing it up with his brother. The, I don't think the mountain's there. I think the hound. It's the Hound. It's yeah. not the Mountain. I always put those two. I apologize. That's okay. Uh, the Hound's the one that actually pulls you out with the intention. Yeah, which I think happens mm-hmm. in the actual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Show. Uh, yeah. Damn. That was probably like the saddest. Damn, that was sad. It was really sad. The Red Wedding is just the saddest thing in the entire world. It made me very sad. <laughs> no. I think. I, my least favorite character would actually be Stannis Baratheon because when he's first introduced in like season two, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like his younger brother was just killed and he's like, I'm the older brother. He has like no male heirs basically because I'm pretty sure these children are not his. I'm the oldest. I should take over. And like, that's not bad logic. Like, that's fine. But then he gets caught up with Melisandre with like the Lord of the Light and everything and it's just not a good time once he decides to burn his daughter at the stake. I think that's kind of his downward fall and I think he just becomes probably the worst character in the show because he literally let a woman burn his child at the stake because he thought it would make him king. It's like, could you get any worse? (laughs) There's also like, if I remember correctly, there really isn't that many like repercussions for it too, right? Not really, no. They kind of don't talk about it. Like, I think the only thing is that Davos leaves him, I think is the thing, because he really liked But he doesn't do it initially either, because he like waits, and then I think once he dies, he ends up going to... Yeah. Like, fully committing to Jon Snow. Mm Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I don't think they did 
I guess I don't know if that's what Stannis is like in the books, like if he ends up getting super religious because uh, he starts he, off like as an atheist. <laughs> well, so it's kind of weird too, because it's like, uh, I don't think his wife is in the TV series as much as I'm recalling, but his wife is like way more into it than he is. And he's mostly, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the beginning, he's like doing it as a front. And mm-hmm. I think he like starts, if I remember correctly, uh, but like for a majority of it, it's just the political front where he's actually mm-hmm. just planning on, uh, planning on, kind of just using it to assert his own power yeah uh, and I know he and Davos end up having multiple conversations about it in terms of like yo this isn't right and Stannis mm-hmm. being like yeah no I totally agree this is total bullshit but like she's getting me what I want yeah uh mm-hmm. I will say adding on to that I think Davos is my favorite next to Jamie and probably with an actual satisfying ending too. Okay, I also almost said Davos was my favorite character because he's just such a good time. I don't think I ever dislike Davos in the show. I think he's always just like a fun time and like he usually makes the right decisions and he's always just trying to like do good and everything like that. So he's pretty dope. He's also, I think, one of the more interesting characters in the book, too. Not that, like, they they all have, like, a lot of complex backstory, but it, mm-hmm. he's also got, like, a lot of conflict, too, in mm-hmm. terms of, like, uh, it's, so when he's, like, working for Stannis and everything, he ends up, like, losing literally everything. Uh, like, he, uh, what is the big green fire battle in the The water? Battle of Blackwater? Yes. Uh, I think he loses, like, multiple of his sons there, too. Yeah. Uh, and then he ends up losing his title at one point and getting in jail by Stannis. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, he's got this really... I think this is in the... Sorry, I keep forgetting what's in the TV show. <laughs> in the book. Uh, I think this is only in the book, but uh, the little girl, Stannis' daughter, ends up mm-hmm. teaching Davos how to read, so he's got, yeah. like, a really big affection to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, which also excellent <laughs> character development point there. Huge yeah. fan of that. Uh, yeah, Davos man. I think Davos is the only character that wasn't basically destroyed by being in the Game of Thrones. He is the only character that came in like how he was and he exited basically the same as how he was. Like he did not get worse. He probably got a little better. But, like, he was never a bad person. And I think that's good. Because sometimes, morally, like, you gotta have characters like that. You gotta have a person that's just good inherently. Mm-hmm. And that's who Davos is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think he was ever, like... I don't think he was, a, like, absolutely, like, radiating purity. But I don't think he was mm-hmm. also... Uh, he probably was more the more morally correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Davos is a good time, though. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the next segment is called Hot Takes. Maybe Landon can put, like, a graphic there. It says Hot Takes. I don't know. <laughs> so do you have a hot take about Game of Thrones? Ooh. Mine's, like, okay. So what do you mean by hot takes? Do you just mean, like, something spicy? Or, like, something, you mean a... Something a little spicy. I can start uh, with mine... It's actually in relation to something I liked about season eight. Um, So pretty much anything that you like about season eight could potentially be a hot take. (laughs) But I know a lot of people were really upset that Arya 
ended up killing the Night King. And I get it, like, Jon Snow should have been the person to do it, but if he couldn't, Arya was an amazing second choice. And, like, just that little moment of, like, gratification of, like, all of her hard work of training over all of these seasons and, like, kind of almost becoming a ruthless killer for a while. She kind of came back and was like, oh, my family's what's really important to me. And then she came back and she defended Winterfell and she ended up using, like, her super, like, sneaky spy skills and that knife drop to, like, stab him. Well done. I liked that a lot. I thought it was a really good time. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it. (laughs) I, like... I'm going to argue on this one. That's fine. (laughs) Honestly, so I think I, my big thing though is like, she was never ever involved with the Night King until season eight. And like, it was never her quest. She never had a problem with it. And then it was also like Jon Snow's sole purpose. Like he didn't give a shit about any of like the lands or anything like that. He didn't give a shit what the hell the Lannisters were doing. Mm -hmm. He was like, man, we are literally all going to die if we do not figure this problem out now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, Damn, uh, <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I feel bad that it wasn't John, mostly for Kit Harrington, because I know he was really upset that he didn't get to do it. But again, if it couldn't be him, I'm glad it was Arya and not like some I random other person. Feel like I still wanted because he never actually interacted with the Night King either, right? In that not, final episode, which I also then, think no. is bullshit. <laughs> Like, yeah. he ends up fighting a dragon, but, like, who gives a shit about this dragon? Uh, <laughs> like, this dragon, we, oh, man. Like, we already know the fate of this dragon. It's not going to make it, so who gives a shit? And then it's, like, this Night King. Like, what's going to happen with him? Mm-hmm. Uh, I did want to see uh, the Lannisters attempt to take on the Night King, mm-hmm. uh, which I was a little disappointed in. Yeah, um, I really thought... I thought they were going to kind of flip what happened in season eight, where, like, they figured out, like, the political stuff first, and then they all united to kill the Night King, but they're like, let's just take care of the Night King in the first couple episodes. Yeah, it just kind of felt like like a giant, a patch. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought there was going to be more conflict between the Lannisters and with uh, the Night King, or especially since they're the ones that are like, oh, it doesn't exist, so it's not our problem, so I assumed it would have been their problem very quickly. Yeah. It's like, we don't uh, see it, so it doesn't bother us. <laughs> oh, 100%. Uh, casually. I guess this is part of my hot take. Okay. Uh, I really wanted to see the Lannisters, like, as soon as... I have a couple of hot takes on this thing. Uh, what is it? Is it the battle for... Not the battle for Winterfell, because that's the one where they're against Bolton. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the battle called? Battle of Night. Uh, battle of the Night? Something like that. I don't, there's too many battles, and they all have fun names, and it's hard to keep them all straight. I used to be so good with this, like, being able to do all the battles and stuff. Yeah. I still think the best-named battle is Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> Sorry, I heard knocking. That's okay. It may have been a person, it may have been a bird. Okay. <laughs> uh, can you repeat what you just said? Yes. I think the best-named battle is Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards is a pretty good one. That's also, I would say, it's probably my favorite battle, even though that's in season five or season six. That's in six yeah. or seven. I think six. I think six, too. Like six. Uh, what a good episode, though. That is, like, oh, man. I also have a very clear image of, like, in terms of just, like, well-shot battles, like, of mm-hmm. uh, 
Jon Snow being like surrounded by all these bodies that are like dying all around him and they're like collapsing mm-hmm. on top of him. You yeah, and he's like clawing his way out. <laughs> oh. That shit is good. Yeah, I don't know. I also really like the gore. Like, they don't make battles majestic. They kind of make it, uh, at least in, in, towards the beginning, that one in particular, where they are these like muddy, uh, or muddy, muddy, uh, <laughs> just pits. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's fairly realistic for what a medieval battle would have actually been like, because it was just very chaotic. It was really hard to follow, like, John, because a lot of the times they were trying to follow John through this battle, and I kept getting distracted by, like, everything that was happening. And it's like, God, how hard must have this been for him to do? Like, God, actually trying really to fight people. I would stressed if I was... <laughs> yeah, I would not want to be in that situation. <laughs> um, what was it? There's another... Oh, another thing on uh, my upsetness with uh, hot takes. Uh... Oh man, I had like a series of these like a while ago. Oh, I'm totally fine with uh, Bran being the king. Okay. I uh, surprisingly, so I think they, they totally goofed up how it should have been. Because uh, A, I think like they needed time, they needed like to develop it a little bit more. Um, and B, I think they should have made it Bran's sole goal the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I like this undercut, like especially because it's not really Bran, it's supposed to be the third eye raven, right? Yes. Uh, which I feel is the slimiest thing this third eye raven boy could have done. Uh, <laughs> in terms of being like, oh, I'm not interested. I'm uh, here for uh, peace and content in the, the kingdom. Uh, but then he slips right in and gains all the power in the end, which feels kind of like what should have happened. Yeah. I'm actually going to use that to segment into the final section because the, f- the final section is popular arguments about stuff that happened in the show. And my first one was the argument about who gets the throne, because I hated that Bran got the throne, and I know a lot of other people did, but I know some people were fine with it. But I just thought it didn't make any sense, because literally, like, a couple episodes before that, Bran was like, I don't want any power, I don't care about this. (laughs) Which I would 100, like, they totally did the wrong phrasing for that. I think if they, like, changed their wording for it, it totally would have worked, but Mm -hmm. it, like, very distinctly says, I don't want to be king. Yeah. Uh, I think he should have been like, I don't want to be Lord of, uh, like, the North or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or also technically, because he can see into the future too, right? So he probably mm-hmm. would have been like, yeah, I already know I ain't gonna win that. I agree with you that if they would have, like, just done a better job and it would have kind of been more of his goal to become, like, a person of power to, like, use his wisdom. I don't even think they needed much either, though, because it's, it like, been I think just... we sh- <laughs> I still wanted to be, like, a little bit surprised, uh, but it was also, like, it was too soft of a, a decision. Yeah. Especially because literally at the very end of the show, he makes Tyrion hand of the king. And then he's like, Bran just like pieces out of the first meeting. He's like, I'm going to leave this up to you guys. I'm going to go like explore through time with my mind. And it's yeah. like, wait, what? You're the king this now. Is, whole, <laughs> is it Warg State? Not Warg State. Yeah. It's, I think it's called Warging. Warging. Okay. Something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He also is like one of those guys. He actually, I think, is probably one of my shitless characters, uh, especially because it's like looking closely into it. I think he's like such a shitty individual, uh, especially like Joe uh, with Jojen and his mm-hmm. sister, yeah. whose name I forget, but she also is something similar. Something like that. Uh, 
Damn. Mm -hmm. He was a, yeah, I, I do understand your frustration. I think it could have worked, but the way they set it up did not make it work. Yeah, if there would have been better set up, like I'm sure it would have been fine and worked out. Maybe if they would have taken those extra episodes they were offered, could have been done yeah. a little bit better. I don't know. It's like another thing. One of the reasons why I actually like Game of Thrones is because they actually cared for pacing and they actually left mm -hmm. you seeking more anticipation by actually slowing themselves down. So when you were in these slow moments, you weren't entirely like, oh, this is boring, but you were mm -hmm. more like waiting and like longing for these more exciting bits. Yeah. Uh, but nope, that all yeah. went out the door. Yeah, no, Bran's also just about the most boring character in the entire show, so <laughs> the fact that he now rules the lands, at least Sansa rules the north, so he doesn't rule all of the lands. That's a good, um, not gonna lie, I was a little peeved that Jon Snow totally, totally got the butt end of the stick this whole season. He though. got shafted in season eight. He really yeah. did. They were just like, Jon Snow, who? We don't care about him. They're like, oh, shit, character. we gotta figure out who this guy's character arc now. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> How does he fit in with everyone else? <laughs> Wait, he's the main character. <laughs> oh, okay. Literally. Okay, moving into that, we're gonna finally talk about all of our grievances with season eight. Damn, I'm so good with segues. I'm very impressed. <laughs> You're so good, Maeve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, John show got shafted. Um, I'm a little, little butthurt. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not even that they just, like, changed his character. It's that he almost just, like, he didn't have a personality in season eight. It was just like, oh, it was like the stupid my queen. Yeah. Uh. Oh my gosh, like, my queen, my queen. And I was like, stop this. You want him to be like, like you don't care about that. Like, come on, John, come on. Which I like. I think I totally would have bought like if he didn't get like to be king. But I didn't mm -hmm. buy him not killing the uh, the. The oh my king. god, the <laughs> Night King. Uh, I also didn't buy him actually killing uh, What's-Her-Face, because she also became, like, a terrible character. Yeah. Which I 100% would have believed had they spaced it out or started a little bit earlier. Uh, and, like, their whole weird cousin relationship thing also was, like, a no-go for me. Yeah. Uh, they only, like, they vaguely addressed that. They're like, he's, like, she's hurt his and technically it was also a scandal but then it was kind of like nah don't worry about it <laughs> it's fine <laughs> yeah uh, uh i'm just more i don't know uh like i think she should have been like totally driven crazy a because mm -hmm. it fits with like the uh the targaryen bloodline mm -hmm. uh and b uh i think it would have been kind of more interesting especially like in terms of looking at all these power dynamics because uh, she's trying to be the ruler that Siri obviously is not like this fair uh peaceful ruler but ultimately she's kind of like, driven towards like the state of power and uh, this bloodlust mm -hmm. um also what happens with the dragon and her at the end <laughs> they just disappear great question Maeve uh, I wanted him. He does drive a. He does ride a dragon into battle. No, wait. He doesn't actually ride it into battle. He just rides it to the battle, right? Yes. If I remember correctly, I and I'm so. a little he upset it to the battle, and then kind of like hops off, like. Ooh. I will say uh, this is another side note because I think this happens. Sorry, happens in season seven. 
uh, where we meet the dragons in battle for the first time with the Lannisters as they're trying to bring. Uh, are they bringing an army or it's supplies? It's it? supplies, I think, and some army people. I thought it was like army or it was civilians. It's, I thought there was like a huge problem with that too because they decided to like hide themselves in civilians and then it was like, I'm still going to destroy them. I might be mixing up with a different section. You're kind of mixing what happened in season eight with season seven. The one in season seven was just like they were bringing supplies to their army, but they were also bringing like new troops and everything like that. Uh, and then she just burned everything, which was fine. Like it was an army, like it wasn't civilians. So like, I guess okay. that's just political gain. <laughs> Like, live your life, Daenerys, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. But with that, Daenerys's story arc was a big point of contention, I thought, in season eight, because she she's doing fine, and then she wins the battle. Like, they're surrendering, and then for some reason, them surrendering is what makes her snap and kill all of these people that are just innocent civilians because like her whole thing throughout the entire show is that she punishes the people in positions of power and not mm -hmm. the civilians like she's there to liberate people like that's her whole thing and then all of a sudden seven seasons of that backstory and like part of season eight even and she's like you know what I'm gonna kill all these people that sounds like a good day to me. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, I think if we had seen like a moment or two before uh, where we saw her more snap out towards like the innocent, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, it would make a lot more sense. Yeah. Or in some terms of like doing something that's a little bit more, I guess almost sinister, just mm -hmm. so we can set her up around the villain pedestal. Yeah. There's like a couple things that happen in season eight where it's like, ooh, maybe that wasn't a decision she would have normally made, but they're not big things. So I think like what you said, if there was just more time for build up and to like take it a bit slower, I think it would have made more sense. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there was just a lot of theories that were presented to us throughout the entire show that season eight just kind of slapped in the face and we're like we're not going to answer those <laughs> oh my god i was uh, i think the thing that made me the most upset was how cersei's prophecy was like you'll be stabbed in the back by a little brother and everyone was like clearly this means Tyrion or jamie is going to kill her and then she gets crushed under a building i was like where what <laughs> I like my assumption is that they put it into their. I'm like, okay, so two things. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that they totally ignore the prophecies. And then I think that they, like, if anyone brings it up, they're going to be like, oh, well, technically, by all these things, this, this, and this, and this, uh, that's like how they metaphorically uh, stabbed her in the back by they went mm -hmm. off to go work with uh, Wishbacons. Yeah. But I think she should have actually gotten stabbed in the back. Mm -hmm. I would have been very satisfied. <laughs> Personally, I think I would have preferred if Jamie Lannister stabbed her in the back as, mm -hmm. like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Daenerys. Also, not enough people died. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna say it. Not enough people died. <laughs> I agree. In a show that's normally not afraid to kill off main characters, they did not kill a lot of main characters in the final season. Not enough. Yeah, it was kind of like a lot of backpedaling. Yeah, because uh, it was kind of like you're excited to see who actually wouldn't make it through, and it was all these like side characters, ones that I thought would have been interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like, so who would we see? We saw 
the giant giant. Uh, yes. I forgot one his one? name. One one. Uh, what's it? I think his name's one one. The giant. You're probably like right. I know. And then <laughs> it was some of his. Actually, I think it was like all of his boys from the the Night's mm-hmm. Watch. Yeah. In the same episode, and then it was. Because uh, that was the episode when the wall fell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was also the Lyra. No, the 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 bear girl. Oh my God, Leanna Stark. Yes. Yeah. Not no, Stark. not Stark. I forget what her last name is though. Me too. She was cool. We'll just wrap it up. We're just going to keep on talking about season eight for the last couple minutes here. Uh, the one thing that we already kind of touched on was Jamie, how his character was kind of botched in season eight. And I think I totally agree with you that I wish he would have like just straight up killed Cersei because all of the seasons build him. He's like this. He's, they literally call him Kingslayer. And it's like, he's like, I chose to kill the king because he was mad and I knew that if I didn't stop him a lot of other people were, would die even though that meant that he was kind of dishonored because he stabbed him in the back I thought if Cersei had gone mad queen and he killed her that would have been perfectly closing off his character arc and it would have made so much sense but instead they were like nah let's make him go back to Cersei and throw away the last six to seven seasons of him developing into a better person that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like what I would have done had I been them, I probably would have had him kill her, like, mm-hmm. with some kind of blade or something, instead of, like, destroying the whole tower mm-hmm. originally. But then I probably would have had Daenerys kill Jamie after realizing what he had, she, he, he mm-hmm. had done. Mm-hmm. And, like, stealing her own revenge from him. And kind of, yeah. like, I also would see that being more, like, fueled to her killing the blood of innocence. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, I'm pretty, yeah. Also with the whole Brienne of Tarth thing with mm-hmm. bullshit. It was so sad. It was like, yeah, so Brienne of Tarth is gonna close out her whole, uh, her whole storyline by not becoming a, like, by deflowering herself, I guess. Mm-hmm. And losing her virginity to Jamie, and that's it. We're never gonna yeah. talk about her again. Bye. <laughs> I don't even think you see her in the final battle, too. Because I think she I don't stays think she's in the there. North, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's in the North for that. So, like, she's kind of like, just oh, done. Yeah. That was the most frustrating thing about the entire thing. She was one of the dopest female characters, and it's yeah. like they literally oh, fuck. <laughs> a little frustrated. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, like, or if it was like, I think she should have been in battle with him because I assumed she would have went anyways. Uh, like regardless of whatever, because I think she would have needed to see this. Set through to the end or go out chase after Jamie mm-hmm. uh, but I think it would have been smarter if Jamie left her on the battlefield as opposed to leaving her in the goddamn bedroom literally like that's yeah. not where she's important in and that literally destroys any value to her goddamn character because it's like the only thing that hurts worth is oh, damn it it makes it's, me angry it's so upsetting I feel if she he would have like left her in the battlefield I think that would have been a lot better ending to their relationship at least because he could have been like it's my duty like I have to like, go do this, and she would have been like, I respect that, because I am also all about duty and honor, and, like, doing what, like, what I need, what needs to be done of me, and not just leaving her in bed, wrapped with, like, a blanket. Yeah, I'm, uh, damn it. It makes me so angry. 
Uh, sorry if you can't swear on this. <laughs> um, what was the other thing too that related to it? Oh, uh, platonic relationships. Um, mm-hmm. This sounds weird, but I'm a huge fan of them in TV just because mm-hmm. we don't see them that often, and I yeah. feel like uh, not a lot, not a ton of men and women actually can have a friendship, which absolutely kills me because mm-hmm. uh, it's not the way it works in the real world. And men and women can be friends, and like yeah. I don't think they needed this relationship. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So it was yeah. like making it to be much more than it was, and then I mm-hmm. get that she had like a crush on him, which I think is kind of. Oh, she didn't even have the crush on him. She had the crush on uh, our boy Baratheon. Oh, um, Remy. Stannis is the other one. Is it Remy or Rem? I think so. Ramsey. Rem- nope, not Ramsey. No, it's not Ramsey. <laughs> That's not right. I think Remy is about right. He hasn't been in it. Wasn't in it since season two, but he was pretty cool. No, I totally agree with you. They basically, to sum up, season eight did pretty much every character dirty. Did him dirty. I think oh, much of it was up to pacing. Is like another thing, but like I don't know if you have time. <laughs> <laughs> He's just. I don't know. I don't know what yeah. they did with half of the characters. They also dismissed dismissed him to like a one word answer. It's so weird because it was like, oh god, we have to figure everyone's like life story out. We did this for so long, but we can't do it in season eight. And then it's like, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say this though in hindsight. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. If they would have known, maybe they would have changed stuff, or maybe they would have taken those extra episodes. But say la vie. What's done is done. And it's true. It's true. Yeah. And I think that's all we got time for here today on Not My Podcast, Landon's Podcast. Landon. Hello again, Maeve. Hello. It's been so long. It's been so long. Man, weren't those some good questions I asked? They were stunning. Can you <laughs> honestly, like, whatever you did with your hair there, keep doing it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today and Lindsay on my podcast. Uh, if you don't know anything about Game of Thrones, well, hopefully now you do. <laughs>